serving as one of the pastors here at Grace. Um, and, uh, and this morning is going to be just a little bit different. I have the opportunity to preach um, on a semi-regular basis. Um, and this week, as I've been praying through and struggling through, what, what do I say? Um, many of you, if you've been around for a while, know that uh, we just uh, completed the process of hiring and bringing on a new teaching pastor. And Chad will be preaching for the first time here as our teaching pastor next Sunday and so we're kind of in this new season of ministry and kind of a new season of life for our church. And as I prayed about what I wanted to say to you this morning, um, I couldn't get over uh, the fact that I just wanted to be thankful for all that God has done in our church over the last year. Um, Charles Spurgeon said the Christian's life should be one of thankfulness to God. If anyone knows how thankful we as people should be, it is the person who has trusted Christ, who has experienced forgiveness from their sins, who has been granted the righteousness of Jesus, who has something that lasts far beyond this life and this world, who holds to a hope that our world doesn't no, and so we should be thankful. And over and over again, the Bible talks about remembering what God has done. All through the Old Testament, the Israelites, through whatever circumstances they're in, are called to remember what God did in bringing them out of slavery in Egypt. And we too, as Christians today, are called to remember. David writes in Psalm 9, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wondrous deeds. I will be glad and exult in you, and I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. From this passage, it seems that David is drawing his thankfulness from recounting all the wonderful things that God has done, looking back on all that God has done in his life. In the midst of this, David is being pursued by his enemies and he writes these words, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. In the midst of trials, we are to be thankful. In the midst of blessing, we are to be thankful. And this morning, I just want to spend some time as a church body looking at what God has done over the last year. Many of you have been involved and you've seen that. Some of you maybe are kind of on the outside of that, looking in. Some of you may be here for the first time this morning. I just want to tell you we're glad that you're here. Um, but I want us to just take some time this morning and celebrate as a family what God has done in our midst over the last year. January of 2016, we began the process of moving into a new facility. Um, at, at the beginning of that, it seemed that there were a lot of roadblocks and it seemed that that wasn't gonna happen. Um, there were some of you that were really excited, some that were pretty apprehensive. There were, there were some that were like, I just don't see this happening. Um, there are too many hurdles and God knocked down lots of hurdles and moved us into a new building. Through your generosity, we raised over $100,000 in just a few short weeks to make it possible to move into this facility. And many of you put long hours 
and long days of work into this building over the month of March. Um, how many of you were here in the month of March last year working on these walls, painting walls, um, hanging wood? <laughs> um, we started with these walls the first day we, uh, we took possession of the building, and it didn't get finished until like a night before. Um, it was a long process. Uh, to, to fix this building. It had been vacant for two years, and many of you worked so hard um, to get us in here, and we were in here on the first Sunday of April of 2016. Next week, we celebrate one year in this facility, and we also celebrate our new teaching pastor um, next week on April 2nd. In that month, we installed three new elders and 14 deacons, um, along with Greg Smith and Tyler Harden, myself, Steve Korn, and Tim Davenport joined the elder boy board here at Grace. And we added Nathan McCall, Chuck Fricker, Greg Baker, Josh Dawes, Jacob Vetter, Ryan Flournoy, Danny Keir, Ben Kraft, Drew Van Buskirk, Billy Connor, Dirk Fontenot, Ty Morrow, and Brian Parker was already serving as a deacon and continues to serve as a deacon here at Grace. Somebody said they didn't know the names of our deacons, so I figured I would, this would be a great time to share those names with you. You've been blessed as a church body with faithful men who serve this body with humility, with thankfulness they serve. We found out that God had called the McKenzie's to Illinois to labor in ministry with FCA, and they left in the first week of June. We're thankful that we as a church get to support them and launch them out into this new season of ministry for their family. Things are going well in Illinois and in the Midwest as Brian is ministering to football coaches all over the, the Midwest in college football, the NFL, and high school Encouraging them to be a part of their local church, to get, be engaged with the body of Christ. Later on in July, Daryl and Taylor Barnes <clears throat> took over the leadership of Grace Kids. <clears throat> and last year, we implemented a computerized check-in system that makes sure our kids are safe and our parents can worship knowing their kids are secure in the back. And many of you... <laughs> experienced all of the trial and error that went along with that, as any new computer system can bring, um, lots of trial um, and error. Um, and so um, we're thankful that that system is working and functioning much better now. And we've had people come to us and tell us, thank you for making sure our kids are safe and secure um, it makes us feel good to walk in and know um, that we don't have to worry about our kids and who's in the back and um, whether somebody can just come pull them out. And so we're thankful for Daryl and Taylor's leadership. We've been rolling out a new curriculum, and some of you have experienced that. And um, some of you may be frustrated with that. Some of you love it. We hear a little bit of both as change goes. It's always hard for a little while. But we're praying that this curriculum will help our kids grasp the story of the whole Bible, that they would see, that all, see all that God has done from Genesis to Revelation, and that they would see Jesus in every page of the Scriptures. 
We're encouraging parents not to just farm out the discipleship of their kids to the church, but to be actively engaged in discipling their kids and walking them through the scriptures each and every day. In the area of student ministry, many of you know Josh and Leslie Dawes, and I just want to take some time and thank them um, for their service. Josh and Leslie, for over two years now, have faithfully served as the volunteer staff um, of our student ministry. And so would you just thank them with me outwardly? As many of you know, um, Josh doesn't just do students. Uh, Josh does everything anybody asks him to do. Um, and so uh, we are incredibly grateful to their love for this church. If you haven't spent time around them, you don't know um, how much they love this body and care for this body. And so we are thankful and we are blessed immensely to have a couple like them who would serve and give of their time. Um, when many people in their mid-20s just got good jobs are like taking their vacations wherever and, and using their time on themselves, Josh and Leslie have humbly served our body in a way that has lifted a huge burden off of me. Um, and many of you have had the blessing of working alongside of them. We've seen more involvement in our student ministry over these last couple of years. Um, it has its ups and downs, but one of the things that Josh and Leslie have done is to help gather a team around them to disciple students and invest in the lives of students. If you come here on a Wednesday night at our student Bible study, you're going to see almost as many volunteer leaders as you see students, um, and that is a huge blessing to us, and we're thankful for all of the couples that help in our student ministry. We could not do the things that we do without all of y'all. And so we're grateful for that. Many of you know um, and have met Chuck Fricker. Chuck was our drummer for um, a little over a year, almost two years. Um, and uh, Chuck and his wife, Jeanette, we saw them get saved and baptized in our church um, just a couple of years ago. He served faithfully here. And last um, summer, early fall, Chuck was called to serve as the interim worship pastor at the Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. And Chuck has been there serving faithfully that body in a transition period just like us. They were without a pastor. They were without a worship pastor. Um, they had one guy left on staff. And so um, Chuck has been over there, and I've talked to him often, and we meet. Um, and he's told me multiple times how thankful he is for the body at Grace Bible Church. Um, he, he's over there in a different situation, a different ministry and context. And he said, Jared, I didn't know in the midst of being at Grace and just experiencing life with the people of Grace, how, how different that place is than many churches in our community. He was like, it's a special place. And I didn't understand all that I was learning until I left. Um, but he said he's thankful for this church and our commitment to the scriptures. He's thankful for what we teach and that everything is based on the Bible. So I wanted you to know where he's at. We are, we are not just um, here for ourselves. 
we exist for the church global, and we're able to send people from our body out to other places to be able to minister to other churches, and you should be thankful for that. In October, we had our first ever Harvest Festival, and many of you brought lots of candy for the Harvest Festival. Many of you brought your cars, and you dressed up and decked out your trunks so that we could hold a trunk or treat here in the parking lot. We even had goats at our trunk or treat, um, thanks to the Kears. We saw over 100 people from our community come through our parking lot that night. They got to meet many of you. And this morning, I learned that we have a couple here this morning who, who came uh, to the Harvest Festival and haven't been able to visit, but they got to be here with us this morning. And so we're thankful for that. Later in October, after a lot of meetings, our missions team met with many of you at our Grace 1-8 service and cast a vision for a new way forward in the way we engage in missions. Rather than classifying our missions like we had as local, national, international, we, we decided we would move forward with four initiatives. We wanted to move forward with community partnerships, church planting, orphan care, and missionaries that we send out. We have community partners like True to Life Ministries and the Pregnancy Help Center and the Texas Port Ministry, people that we work alongside of here in our community for the gospel. Many of you know this week, um, True to Life will be hosting here at our building an Employment 101 class to help people break the cycle of poverty, to get a livable wage job, to be able to care for their families. And I hope that if you have not already, that you would sign up to help and volunteer for that. If not, to just come and meet those people from our community, to, to give them hope and reassurance as they take this next step. We wanted to invest in church planting. We'd supported a couple of church plants in the past, but we want to make that a main focus of our church is planting other churches around this country and around the world. The third initiative was completely new to Grace Bible Church, and that's orphan care. We want to be intentional about caring for orphans in our community and around the globe. And so we wanted to invest in orphan care. We want to help train people to be foster parents, to babysit for foster families, to adopt, whatever it might be, we're going to invest there. And I'm going to speak to that just a little bit more here in a minute. And we wanted to focus on sending missionaries out around the world, individuals that we have close relationships with as they go and make much of Jesus across the world. We also made a decision this budget year to streamline our giving, and we wanted to go deep with a few missionaries and few organizations rather than go wide with a bunch. What had happened is we were giving $250 there, $500 here to multiple different organizations and not really investing deeply with a few. And so we've pared that down and we've taken a few missionaries, a few church plants, a few community partners that we want to go deep with. We'll be sharing more about that throughout this year. 
toward the end of 2016, we finally got to add a full-time ministry assistant. Alex Baker is serving here um, well for us as our ministry assistant, and I couldn't be more thankful um, for Alex. Uh, she has helped. Hopefully you've recognized this. She's helped in communication a lot with our body. She does just about anything that you ask her to. That doesn't mean you should ask her to do everything. Um, she's a huge blessing to our church and to our staff. Just this last week, Chad and I got to be in the office together for the first time. And uh, he and I every day were like, man, Alex is just making our lives so much easier. And so I want to thank you for giving so that we can have Alex here with us. Um, she's a huge blessing to help us get some things off of our plate. Um, and she is quick to ask uh, what we need and how she can serve. And so um, if you see Alex, thank her um, after this. Thank her for what she does to help keep our office running and just the day-to-day -day things that, that we need here at Grace. With our new budget year, we officially launched a partnership with the Heights Church in Denver, Colorado. Many of you have heard about the Heights and what they're doing in Denver, Colorado. Nine in ten people in the state of Colorado do not attend church in the Denver area. Um, it's very rare that anybody attends an evangelical church. This year, we're going to give $10,000 dollars to the Heights Church to help them do ministry in Denver. And in January, we took a team of 11 people to canvas the streets of Denver, and we hung 15,000 door hangers to invite people to the launch in February. The Heights saw 140 people at their launch service on February 12th, and so that is something to be thankful for. Can we thank God for that? Um, our team went, and uh, we, we were there Wednesday through Sunday. We were inviting people to the last preview service on that Sunday in January, and then the flyer, the handout that we were, we were hanging also had an invitation to the February 12th launch service. The Sunday following our canvassing, after walking about 12 miles a day, putting out door hangers, um, we got to church that morning, and we were like praying that God would fill that auditorium and we wouldn't have a place to sit. And uh, that did not happen. That Sunday, there were like 55 people there, and a lot of them were on the church planning team and the leadership team, and uh, along with us and another missions team that were there. And we all kind of left discouraged, thinking, man, all that work. And there were like two people that we met who had seen the door hanger um, and showed up. But Jonathan, one of the, the lead pastors there, called me a couple weeks ago, and he said, I want you to know on February 12th, when we officially launched Almost every person we met that morning that was there said, we were there because we had a door hanger on our door, and we just haven't had time to come until today, but we've had this on our fridge, and we remembered, and we're here. And so our work um, was not in vain. People showed up, and we are thankful for the work God is doing there. They've consistently since then been running over 100 people every Sunday in their services. And so we are thankful that we're partnering with the Heights and that the people of Denver, Colorado are being reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We soon are hoping to partner with the Houston Church Planting Network. 
to plant churches around the Houston Metroplex. Um, the Houston Church Planting Network is made up of a lot of evangelical churches in the greater Houston area, and we want to walk alongside them and come alongside them to help uh, to plant churches around the Houston Metroplex. Many of you are thinking, my gosh, there's a church on like every corner. What are we doing planting more churches in Houston? Um, Houston is the, grass, the fastest growing city in America, in case you didn't know that. Um, many of you have experienced the traffic. You know it's getting worse. Um, it is now the most diverse city in the United States. There are over 200 languages spoken in the greater Houston area. 200 languages. God is bringing the nations to Houston, Texas. It's the most diverse city in America, more diverse than New York City. And so the nations are coming to our back door. We want to make sure that we can do all we can to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as more and more people flood the Houston area, as more and more people flood into the state of Texas, we need more and more churches to reach those people. And so we're excited about a partnership with the Houston Church Planting Network to be able to do that. Also, those churches will be close enough that we can really have a, a tangible um, way to help them and work alongside them. Last month, many of you were here on February 5th for our um, first annual Fostering Hope event. That's right, I said first annual, meaning there will be another one. Our Fostering Hope event was um, organized and really led by Josh Dawes. He did a great job with that. If you were here for that, I'm glad that you were. And it was to focus on fostering, helping families understand what fostering kids looks like and on adoption. We had a panel here of adoptive families and fostering families to answer questions that were submitted. Paul and Robin Pennington from Hope for Orphans out of Austin were here and they spoke to us about orphan care and the church and how we can engage and over the next year, you're going to be hearing more about that, how we can get involved in caring for orphans here in Brazoria County. There are 170 kids in the foster system. And I'm going to tell you right now, my goal is to see that emptied over the next few years. We want to create a network of churches here in our county that would step up and say, as believers in Jesus Christ who have been adopted out of our sin into the family of God, we're going to take care of these kids. We're going to bring them in. We're going to share the gospel with them. We're going to give them hope and a future. That night, we also launched the Hope Closet. Some of you may have heard about this. Many of you have already donated to that. Um, the Hope Closet is basically a free store for families who are taking in kids to foster or to adopt. We're providing items that they need that many times foster families find out the day of that they're getting a placement. And on that day, they find out how old the kid is, what their genders are, how many kids may be placed in their home and for people who work full-time jobs, it's really hard to then go to the store and purchase all the items that you need for those kids. And so we want to make sure that we have things here for them. They can come by, grab the things that they need, and go home and take care of those children. And so um, as, 
If you're here before the service, you saw scrolling the items that we still need for uh, the whole closet. We are thankful for all the clothes and things that have come in. There's some other items like new things that we need, like we're not giving families used underwear. Um, and so we need those like new packaged. Um, if you want to buy some of those, some hygiene things like individually packaged toothbrushes and, and stuff like that, we'd really appreciate um, your help in that area. Um, please don't bring us car seats. Um, many of you know the, the regulations and laws surrounding car seats, and uh, it's, m- it's more difficult for us to take car seats than it is just to have them donated. We actually partnered with the Pregnancy Help Center, um, and they're giving us brand new car seats through a grant that they get, um, and, and so those are taken care of. Uh, you can give your car seat to your cousin or whoever might need it, um, but it creates a legal problem for us. We're, we're excited, though, about the Hope Closet, and we've already had churches in the area tell us, we want to partner with you in that. We don't want to open up a closet of our own. Um, we just want to help y'all, and we're going to send people to you um, from our church that may need it, and so um, we're excited for those partnerships that are growing and will continue to grow over the next few years. Last year, 93% of our body were engaged in a life group. We took a spiritual life survey of our congregation early last year as we began this search for a teaching pastor, and 93% of you said you were engaged in a life group, meeting together with brothers and sisters to study God's word, to build deep relationships with one another, and to reach our community with the gospel, and we're excited about that. I want you to know I went to a meeting um, in Nashville at the Lifeway um, headquarters, And uh, I I was meeting there with their small groups, uh, curriculum team, people that help write um, small groups curriculum and Bible studies and things. And pastors from all over the country were invited to that meeting. And many of them were stunned to know that 93% of our congregation were in a life group. Many of them are struggling to get like 60% or 70%. And so I'm thankful that 93% of you are engaged in small groups and meeting together. Um, We want to see that at 100%. And so if you're not in a life group, um, I would encourage you to check out the board out out here in the lobby, um, to email Alex, to, to get in touch with me. Um, and find out where you can plug into a life group. We want every person at Grace engaged in a small group, meeting together um, with brothers and sisters in a, in, a more, um, in a smaller context. During this last year of ministry, God has blessed us as GBC elders, members, and other pastors in our community have filled this pulpit to open up God's word for us. Um, if you've been here over the last year, you have heard a lot of different preachers from this platform. Um, And I just want to express my thankfulness to the churches in the Brazosport area. We have a lot of friends in ministry here. And if you know anyone from First Baptist Lake Jackson or um, Crossover Fellowship in Freeport or Brazos Point Fellowship, um, these people have shared their staff with us and their pastors with us to come fill our pulpit. They didn't ask for anything to do that. They did it as a blessing to us and as a partner in ministry. And I'm grateful for those men 
and their love for the church as a whole. Um, so many times churches can exist in competition with one another, and it's sad, um, but we have a special relationship with the churches here in the Brazosport area that we get to walk alongside them, and we're not competing. We're all on the same team. We're all about the spread of the gospel, and so I'm grateful for, for all of those um, churches, for sharing their pastors with us, and for those men who came and preached in May of 2016, our elders selected a team made up of members and elders to find our next teaching pastor. And after nine months, our pastor search team and elders recommended Chad Poe to serve as our new teaching pastor. This decision was affirmed by you in January. And next week on the one-year anniversary of moving into this new space, Chad will preach his first sermon as teaching pastor of Grace Bible Church. Can we celebrate that this morning? It's been quite a year. As I was thinking back over this last year, I was like, my word, the Lord has done a lot in this last year. And I want to tell you, I, have, I've, I grew up in church. I've been in two different churches during transitional times of ministry. And it is rare that a church does what we got to see God do over this last year in a time of transition. Oftentimes they shrink back, people disengage. They may not even show up for church for a while until they find out who the new guy is going to be. Whatever it is, um, it's often a period of regress for a church. But as I sat down and looked at all God had done over the last year, we didn't regress this year. We pushed forward because we know that we have a mission, that we have a calling from God to reach the Brazosport area and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's because of faithful members and servants in our body that we didn't shrink back, that we didn't fall back and disengage from the mission, but we pushed forward on the mission. As we move into the next, this next season, I, I just want to encourage you in a couple of ways this morning. I want, I want to encourage you to embrace your call to ministry. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to your family, to your friends. God making his appeal through you. I don't work with your co-workers. Chad doesn't work with your co-workers. We don't know all of your family. We don't know your neighbors. We don't know the people that you encounter on a daily basis. God has called you 
as ambassadors for Christ to make his appeal to them, to share the gospel with them. In a season of transition, everyone gets tired. It's been a long year. It's been a hard year. Many of you are going, wait, we just moved in last year? It seems like we've been here for five years. A transition time in a church is hard. In a church of our size where we rely heavily on volunteers, many of you are exhausted. I'm exhausted. But we must all be reminded that the work that we're called to do is of eternal importance and weight and glory. Many of us will be tempted now that we have a teaching pastor to kind of take a breath and sit back and go, oh, that's done. We're out of the transition time. But I'm asking you not to do that, but to push forward, to embrace your call to ministry, not to sit back and expect the staff to do the work of the ministry, but to remember that you are called to the ministry. We're all called to minister to family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers, to build relationships with the express purpose of giving someone the gospel. Ephesians 4 says, God gave the church pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets for the purpose of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. We're here to help you, to equip you to do the ministry. And many of, many of you have been doing that, and I'm calling on you to continue to embrace that and push forward as we enter a new season of ministry here at Grace Bible Church. Secondly, I'm asking that you would seek unity in the body. Psalm 133, 1, David says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Ephesians 4, Paul writes, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And Paul goes on to describe what that looks like. It means walking in humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You want to walk in a manner worthy of your calling? Be patient with your brother and sister. Bear with one another. Walk in humility and gentleness. Be eager to maintain peace with one another. As we enter a new season of ministry, it's going to necessarily bring change. It just will, and some people don't like that word. We all have things that we don't like to change, but Chad Poe is not Brian McKenzie. For those of you who don't know, Brian was our former teaching pastor here. Chad is not Brian. He has different strengths and he has different weaknesses. He has different passions and different struggles. But God is sovereign and he has given us a blessing in our new teaching pastor. As an aside, I want you to know that 
I love Chad deeply and appreciate so much his ministry in my life already. Over the last few months, we've been talking on the phone almost every day. Hope can probably attest to that. She's like, Chad, get off the phone. Um, but, but Chad like would call almost every day just to say, hey, just want to check in, see how you're doing. W- what's going on at Grace? I can't wait to be there. Um, and so we've built a great friendship Um, I already consider Chad one of my closest friends, and I'm excited to work alongside him as a partner in the gospel work. I know many of you have already had a chance to meet him and spend time with him over this last week. Um, He was like in a lunch and a breakfast every time I turned around with somebody else from our body. And so um, I'm excited, and I hope you are as well. We all have our own preferences, and we all have our own ideas about how things should be done in the church. Uh, but Paul, but as Paul by the Holy Spirit wrote to the church, I pray that we all strive for humility, gentleness, patience with one another as we enter this exciting new season of ministry at Grace Bible Church. Be patient. Be humble. Be gentle with your words. Change will come. Things will be different. Um. But I would just remind you that we are called to lay down our preferences for one another. That's ultimately what our freedom in Christ is for. It's our, our liberty to love one another by giving up things that we would rather have for one another. I would also ask that you commit to being here, to being here. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints on a Sunday. This is important. What we do on Sunday morning is important to the life of our body. Often in a church that stresses small groups, people tend to think, well, I made it to life group this week. It's not a big deal if I miss Sunday morning. This is a completely different thing that we do on Sunday morning, and it is vastly important that you be here. So I'm asking you to commit to being here as often as you can as we worship together. And lastly, there are going to be growing pains. We want to see more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And as that happens, there will be numerical growth. There may be more people here. And as that happens, again, I'm asking that we would all have patience and humility and gentleness as we deal with one another as we grow, that we would be welcoming to those outside, those who may not look like us or talk like us, who may not have been raised in church, not familiar with that life. I'm thankful for four years that I've gotten to be here and serve at Grace Bible Church. I'm thankful for the people here. We have a special group of people, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you and what you bring to this body and how God has gifted you and how he intends to use you for the growth of the kingdom. I thank you for allowing me the opportunity um, to lead in the ways that I do to love your families, spend time with you, all the ways that you encourage and bless me. Thank you for that. And I'm so excited 
for 2017 and this new season of ministry that God has for Grace Bible Church. Would you stand? Let's pray together and thank God for all that he's done. Father, we come this morning reviewing this laundry list of things that you have done over the last year. And all that we can say is thank you. None of this was our own doing. All of it was because of you, your sovereign hand. God, I pray that you would, um, that you would draw us near to yourself. Father, I pray that each person in here would identify people in their lives that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they would begin to invest in them deeply. That they would embrace their call to ministry. That they would make your appeal to a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus. And I pray that this morning we would leave here a thankful people. That we could look back at all that you have done and just rejoice in who you are. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.